welcome to Equosity, the podcast about all things equine with a special emphasis on the horse-human bond. My name is Alexandra Kurland. I'm the author of a brand new book, Modern Horse Training, a Constructional Guide to Becoming Your Horse's Best Friend, and many other books and DVDs on clicker training. And I'm joined by Dominique Day, one of the co-founders of Cavalia. That was a fun introduction to make, <laughs> Dominique. That, so the, the first time, including modern horse training in the intro, which is mm. great fun. So it's been out for a week, roughly. And today we're going to talk about, I don't know what we're going to talk about. It's, you've got the list, but it's things that have struck your fancy from reading the book, from the coaching sessions that we've had in the clinics. So what are we going to talk about? I want to talk about the book. Oh, great. <laughs> yeah, I want to talk about the book. It's so, so for anyone who has not listened to the previous podcasts, I love this book. I think it's going to become the Bible for anyone who wants to train their horse in a kind way. It's, it's a must-have for anyone, whether you want to ride or do husbandry or solve some behavior problem. It's all in there. It's over 300 page book and it goes so well with the coaching sessions and the course. It's, you know, they just work together super well. And as you know, Alex, I love to jump around and it's yes. the kind of book that you can do that. You can jump around to whatever you're interested in that day. So I want to jump to the last part of the book today. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I want it because we haven't talked. You going, you're not going to spoil the ending, I hope. <laughs> no, I think I, I, I hope, like I hope I motivate people to get the book, yes, actually. Yes, I, you know, it's, it's like when you read a mystery novel and somebody says, oh, the butler did it. So. <laughs> <laughs> right. No, but, you know, I want to jump into the writing section. Okay. Yeah. The the first part of the writing section is called writing safely. Yes. And what I really loved about this part is that we'll explain to people how do you get to writing using the constructional approach? How do you do that? You know, what are the steps between you? So you've been doing all this groundwork and you've been through all the foundation lessons but how do you get to writing you know what what are the steps what do you do I want to go into all the details but yeah I thought it was a great way to understand how you're going to transition from the groundwork to the writing how you're going to do it safely and how this applies to everybody, meaning whether you're a like savvy rider and you have an old horse and you've had all these behavior problems, not going to the mounting block, whatever, no. you can retrain your horse with this. If you're a, a rider that is scared yeah. because you fell off your horse and you maybe no longer ride your horse because you're so scared or and you might even struggle to go visit your horse because you're so scared you encounter a lot of people 
in the boarding barns, there were always horses who just sat and their people never visited them. Right, um, right, yeah. Um, yeah, so how do you build back the confidence? Yeah. And this transition is the perfect way to build back the confidence. And, you know, you do insist on the fact that it's okay to get off, that you should always be comfortable, whatever you do. It's always okay to go back to a lesson where both you and your horse are comfortable. And it's just good sense to ride when you feel safe. Yes. And when your horse feels safe, it's just good sense. Otherwise, you can get hurt. And you started, actually, you started this, this, this chapter with like a little saying. A very wise horseman once commented that anytime you fall off and you walk away uninjured, you're, you are not skilled. You're just lucky. Yes. Or if someone wants to start using this approach to ride, you go into all the preparation, all the steps, and how you can expand, expand, expand until you are actually doing whatever you want to do. And this is just the first chapter of the last part of the book, the writing part, because after that, you go into more performance work. But today, I'd like to stay in that chapter where you describe the transition from the groundwork to the writing, because I've been wanting to know how it looks like, what it looks like, you know? And so you, you very, very, with a lot of precision, you, you explain how to use everything we have thought, all the work we have done with mats, with circle of cones, all the groundwork we have done with the lead, because as most of our listeners, I suppose, are aware of, you can work on the ground and have the lead on your halter or the bridle on your horse, and you're still working on the ground as you would if you were doing, you know, dressage work on the ground. So there's a whole part in the book previous to the writing where you explain how to use the lead. In the first part of that chapter is I don't let people stay in that chapter very long if they are doing what you're doing, which is jumping around. So if somebody has a horse and they want to ride, say they're starting a young horse. Mm -hmm. That's in that, I think that's in that chapter. And they have a young horse that they want to start. So they they look in the table of contents, they see, oh, there's a section on riding, there's a section on starting a young horse. That's exactly what I want to do. Let me just skip the first you know, 200 pages of the book and jump straight to that chapter. And so in that section, I say, well, if that's what you've done, we need to send you back to the foundation lessons, to teaching the universals, to yeah. all of that preliminary work. And then by the time you have done all of that, it will be so easy to teach your horse to line up next to a mounting block and for you to get on and it will be safe. And the roadmap is there to take somebody to the point in their training where they need to be with their horse. So if somebody already has a horse that's well-established in the foundation lessons, but it's a young horse and maybe they haven't taught the horse to be comfortable with things on its body yet. 
So if we're going to put a saddle on, we definitely want the horse to be comfortable having things on its back and being girthed up, et cetera, et cetera. And all of that is covered in the units on teaching the universals. So the, the breadcrumbs are there to take you to the section of the book that covers the lessons that you need to make what you're currently working on easy. Because that's the, that's the whole point of this work is that you should never be more than a small step away from where you currently are in terms of what you're going to work on next. So part of the reason that people end up in these train wrecks, you know, where they're coming off of the horse and getting badly hurt is because they're jumping too many steps. Right. And they've become very outcome oriented. And they're listening. Yeah. They're listening to the they're listening to people who are telling them, oh, you should be riding that horse. But you know, that's what I loved here is that I think there are some ideas here that people I'm sure have not thought of. There are so many steps you can put in between. I mean, in the beginning, in the roadmap that you propose to people, you don't work in the far end of the arena. No. You stay right next to your mounting block. You actually start at the mounting block, getting on and off, on and off. You start there. Yes. And what you call your first trail ride is... So you set out a circle of cones and a few mats yes. near, close, right next to your mounting block. And you go to the first mat. And that's your first trail ride. And maybe that's it for today. Yes. And, and, and it was successful. Was, it was successful. Congratulations. <laughs> You've had your first trail ride. Yep. And, and I thought, wow, I never thought of that. You know, I never thought of breaking it down that much. And so in the beginning, because you've done all this groundwork around the cones and going to mats and your horse loves mats and he knows what to do. At this point, you don't really even have to steer the horse. It's going to the mat yes. Yes. for you. And then it'll stop on the mat. So don't, you know, don't worry. He's not going to wander off or, you know, he's going to go there, stop there. You're going to click and treat him. And that's your first trail ride. Yes. You know, you can dismount and then you can go back on, which is great because your horse will get, and you will get great at going on at your horse at the mounting blocks. And remember too, you have the mat that will stop your horse, which some people I think will love to think about. Yes, yes. The click stop will stop horse. your horse. Yes. So that's another. You also, of course, teach people how to stop their horse with the lead. Because, I mean, at yes. some point, you are going to fade out all the props. The props are your help in the beginning because it's predictable. The yes. horse knows how to do it. It's safe. And I think for both the rider and the horse, that's very reassuring to have all these props that you've been working on for so long that the horse knows what to do with and you know how to stop the horse. So the same, it's it, once you've gone through all the preparation, it seems everything is very logical. Yes. 
you know, it's just always the same idea, the same kind of the same way to construct the behavior, the same way to add to your loop. Yes. You, you expand your loop when your loop is clean. But what I marveled at was how tiny the steps could be. And it it when I was reading that, I thought, man, this is going to be so reassuring for people who are scared of writing to know that their first trail ride is going to a mat. And for all those who want performance work, don't worry, there's a chapter for you. It's coming up yeah. after that. But right now, I want to talk to the people who have been doing the groundwork, but want to see where this is going. How am I going to transition to the writing? And it's all in there in the book. It opens up a huge world for people who have been working their horses at home. Mm -hmm. And maybe they have a young horse and sitting in the background is that concern of how am I going to get this horse started under saddle? I've never started a horse before under saddle. Do I have the skills to start a horse under saddle? I've heard all these horror stories of people who've sent their horses off to be trained and it's it's not gone well. There's nobody in my area who trains in a way that I would be really comfortable with. Who would I send the horse off to? You know, sometimes you're very lucky and you're, you're in an area where there's just a really, really good, kind trainer who can help you start your horse, but a lot of people don't have that. And so right. this, this really does give you a path forward for being able to do the work yourself. So you don't have to run the risk of undoing all the beautiful training you've been creating with this and the partnership that you've been creating with this horse by sending the horse off to a trainer who works with a lot of command-based, correction-based training approaches that may be fine and they may work well, but your your young horse isn't used to being talked to in that way. Mm -hmm. And it might really scare your young horse. So that opens the door for individuals who are looking for the path forward. What am I going to do now that my horse is old enough to, to be ridden? And this gives you a way of doing that. And retrain a horse that and has had bad associations with yes. riding. Yes, because it was working in a way that is very different from what most horses will have encountered. And so that's good for both the handlers and it's good for the horses. And, you know, in every clinic that I give, it seems as though there is always at least one person and often more who is genuinely afraid to ride because they've had some really horrible train wrecks. And they've had train wrecks because they they got on when they shouldn't have gotten on. Yeah. The warning signs were all there, but there's mm. usually somebody, some experienced horse person who's saying, you know, push that horse. You have to get on. Ride him through the corner. Send him forward. Send him forward. And, so and in the book, you say, you know, when you feel your own body tightening, that should be your cue to yes. get off the horse. Yeah. That's the, the, the cue, not the person saying blah, 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 whatever. Yeah. Your body tightening, you or you feeling the horse getting a little bit uptight should be your cue to get off. Yeah. That it is okay. It, it is it's okay. okay. 
to yeah. get off because there's there's if so you're scared, that's what right. I mean. If you're if you're that person in the clinic yeah. and you feel your body tightening, get off. It's fine. Yeah. And least, and be you say also you can be a more effective teacher on the ground when it's in that situation than you will be if you stay, you know, all stressed out on your yeah. horse. And of course, a lot of people, first of all, we're taught not to get off. That's mm, actively taught in the horse world. And then a lot of people feel more comfortable on top of a horse than they do working a horse on the ground. But then that's often because they haven't really learned how to work a horse on the ground. So when a horse is coming unglued emotionally, they feel more secure being on top of the horse where they have more leverage and where some of the you know, if they've got a strong bit in the horse's mouth, for example, they just feel safer on top of the horse. But that is not the mm. world. That's not the training world that all of this is set into. And we're teaching the horses, we're teaching the handlers how to interact on the ground in ways that are safe. Well, we started in protective contact on the yes, ground. Yes, yes. <laughs> so if, if you're starting to feel a little nervous, and you get off, you've got lots of options. You do. You've got a huge repertoire that you and your horse have developed together that can help bring things back into a state where you can take a deep breath and be a good teacher. And and you know, one thing you say too is that let's say he had a spoon. Yeah. And so you, you know, you taught us in the beginning of this chapter how to use your rein to have the horse bend. We go through all these exercises of, you call them, and we can explain afterwards, but tight hairpin turns. But so the horse, calm down, because in your training, in the groundwork that you've taught, you have taught when we were, you were doing this exercise of the tight hairpins, right. you teach us to integrate a lot of grown-ups in there so once the horse has stopped there's a grown-ups there's a few steps going back so that it's not just doing the hairpin turns going 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 there are all these pauses and you know you've been telling us about pauses forever but when your horse spooks and you you know, you succeed in, in having him, you know, he bends and he stops, he backs up. You're very happy that grownups is part of that sequence because you can catch your breath. And what you say in the book too is you can decide to dismount, maybe go back to the mounting block, maybe do a little bit more on the ground with the mats around your circle. And perhaps by then you decide to go back up because you feel okay and your horse feels seems to you to be relaxed. So maybe you go on a second trail ride that day after yes. that, you know, so you don't have to go for half an hour and feel like I can't wait to get off this horse. Right. You know, if you want to do <clears throat> a minute trail ride, that's fine. And you can intertwine some groundwork there too around your circle and if you don't want to go to the far end of the arena, don't go. Yeah. Stay near the mountain blocks. You'll yeah. expand that loop when you're ready. Yes. And you 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 also what you do too is when you because you explain how to generalize 
the riding condition. So windy day, cold day, whatever. So you you keep adding some new conditions in which you feel comfortable riding in, but you can also expand the locations, but you take your little kit with you. You take your cones yes. and your mats and you start over and you repeat the same process. So you're in your new location, but you have like your little breadcrumbs, your like safety. Your security uh, blanket. Your security blanket, your pattern that the horse is familiar with, comfortable with. And it has a so good associations with. I remember yes. at at the barn where Peregrine was born, there was another boarder there who had a really lovely Arab mare, very pretty horse. But she was this this mare was a little bit on the the we would say she was a, she was a reactive mare, spooky. You know, we'd attach all those labels to her. She basically needed a lot more handling and training than she was getting. But mm. this particular individual was afraid to ride unless it was 75 degrees out, mm. therefore warm, no wind, mm. no breeze, no dogs in the area, no barking dogs, nobody else moving around. I mean, the list, her list was so narrow that basically she could mm. never ride because the one or two days of the year in which the weather met her perfect criteria, you know, a couple days in the spring and a couple days in the fall. Well, she couldn't ride on those couple perfect days because her horse wasn't prepared, because she wasn't able to work, except in this really narrow band of conditions. That meant that her horse wasn't getting the kind of repertoire building that she needed. And that stuck with me. That really has stayed with me, that that experience of watching. Well, she didn't, it's because she did not have the roadmap. She didn't. You no, know, it's she because she was told, you go on the horse and you go to the far end of the right. arena and you go outside. Right. She, and there was nothing in between. She had nothing. She, but this, this is. So if I hours. were her and I had, fallen down and was lucky because I was not injured, yes. I would be exactly, you know, I think yeah. it makes sense. Yes. If, if nobody gives me anything yes. in between that I can work with, well, I'm not getting injured, not at my age. Yes. Her fear was very real and perfectly justified, mm -hmm. but it was also paralyzing. Yes. And, and because I, I saw this and I had this, this experience early on of seeing how limiting this fear can be. And I recognize that there are, she's not alone in the horse world. This is by no means a unique experience. So, Probably the majority actually. <laughs> so many people, Alex, who do not ride anymore, they're not even in horses anymore because yeah. they had scary experiences or very unpleasant experiences, either scary or they were asked to do things to their horse that they don't want to do anymore and they got right. out. Right, so this is a completely different way of getting back on your horse and developing the confidence to yeah. ride confidently. 
for and both the rider and the horse for both, both. the rider and the horse and mm -hmm. at no point am i pushing you to no. say oh you should you should be riding down at the far end of the arena now you should be riding out in the hayfield you should be you should uh, the you should bees are not there no um, your instruction is when in doubt make it easier make it easier that's right yeah. and the the generalization absolutely will come you know yeah. if you're if we're talking about this individual who's who's just so, writing at 75 degrees yeah so if she sets up her cone circle and works on that perfect day but the next day maybe there's a little light breeze but it's still mm -hmm. warm and mm -hmm. she rides and it's safe well now what has happened is she's generalized oh riding at 75 degrees with a light breeze is okay it's part that, of now the normality. Yes, that sits in the class of conditions in which I can ride. And mm -hmm. maybe the next day it's a little cooler and she rides. And so now that little expansion of the temperature is, is now in that class. It is safe to ride. And then you start to move your cone circles. So it was right by the mounting block. And now you move your cone circle stride or two deeper into the arena mm -hmm. and and so now you're going just that little bit further into mm -hmm. the arena and your horse knows what to do he knows mm -hmm. how to get to the first mat he knows how to continue around the circle of cones he knows how to return you safely to the mounting block great trail ride you get off give your horse a pet you can get right back on and have another trail ride. <clears throat> How many trail rides did you go on today? Oh, I'm Five. On 15 trail rides today. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but this this is how it grows and it grows safely. And it's it's really fun when you watch the expansion and always within a, a range where you're you're pushing the envelope. No, it's not well, your confidence is growing as the loop is expanding. Yeah. Because you're doing both. Yes. It's not just that you're going farther away. It's that you are expanding your confidence and your yes. horse's confidence. It's happening at the same time. Yeah. Mm. So whether we're talking about a young horse who's just learning to carry a rider, or we're talking about the retraining of either a horse or a rider, it works the same way. And then we're using the single rein riding techniques, the riding on the triangle, which is for many people new and very non-habitual, but that's that's explained in detail in the book. So it's just a very, because safety has to come first. Yeah. You know, you, well, that that's the chapter's title, Riding Safely. Yeah, because yeah. there's no point in saying to somebody, oh, let me teach you how to ride shoulder in and haunches in and all these really fun cool wonderful feelings if you're missing 25 components if if you're afraid to get on the horse or the horse is afraid to be ridden uh, we have to deal with and afraid means missing components missing components yeah that's what it means yes i think that's a great great description Dominique. yeah because afraid is kind of a well I was going to say it's kind of a label. We we feel afraid, but I think 
we feel afraid because we feel that we don't have the competency to handle whatever is going to happen. And you may feel that, well, I'm okay if nothing startles my horse, but if he spooks, I'm not okay anymore. Right. But And this is why in the first part of the chapter, you make sure that people have those two important components going forward and putting the brakes. Yes. And and I, I thought, you know, the going forward, I really love that too, because you say, okay, kicking a horse is not, you know, it's, it's not what you want to do. You already have all these go forward cues in your repertoire yeah. already. You have taught your horse to follow you at liberty. He stops with you. When you fold your hands on your stomach, he stops with you. You've shown your horse to follow target. That's a go cue to, to walk with you with a gesture of on the lead. You have taught your horse maybe even to go to a stationary target. So you have lots of go cues already yes. in your repertoire. And now we're going to transition this to writing. So there's an exercise where you, uh, you, you write about how to transfer a tactile cue from the ground to eventually the leg of the rider. And so we're walking very close with our horse where the stirrup would be. And we're using our body as a tactile cue, just slightly press on the horse side while you're, while you're next to him to as a cue to go forward. At the beginning, he may not know what this cue is because you've never done this. So you're going to do the new cue, old cue transfer. So you will press lightly on your horse with your body. He will not move in the beginning. So you will step forward a little bit and you will ask with the lead to go forward and he will go forward because he already knows this, of course. If he doesn't know how to move forward with the cue on the lead, then you're missing a component. You have to go to the chapter that explains <laughs> to you how to do this. But let's say you already have the cue on the lead, then you will do this. And after a few repetition, as we know, as soon as you start to touch him on the side, he will know that afterwards you would have touched the lead. And so he knows to move forward. And so you will be able to click and treat him and you will have transferred and you now have a cue on the ground that is very similar to the cue that you will have riding and when you will be walking next to your horse in this part of the training you will be pretty close to him as your leg would be if you were riding him not touching him at this point if he's moving forward but you will be close as a leg next to the side of your horse and so Again, this is an example of the transition. I never would have thought of this like that, you know, to use my body like this, just to lean a little bit on the horse to reteach the leg cue on the ground and then transition it to the riding. You know, this constructional approach to riding, it's 
pretty, I think, cool, pretty neat. I think, you know, I think a lot of people will relate to this and will it, it will be like this big door opens to this exploration playing field, you know? Because it's all so doable. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. It's so doable. You're visualizing as you're reading this. And there aren't a lot of pictures. No, there's very this little book pictures. has very few pictures. But mm-hmm. you're describing, it's really fun to sit here and listen to you describing these exercises because it's clear that you have visualized them well mm-hmm. and that you've created your own pictures in terms mm-hmm. of what this would look like. And you can visualize yourself going out to, I mean, Bonanza would, would think that this was really fun because this is actually something that he's familiar with. And so, you could easily visualize going out to Bonanza and you're walking next to him. You could have, say you're on the the right side of of Bonanza and you could have your left hand up over his back because he's a nice height for that. And so your left hand will be resting up around his withers. And then with your ribs, your ribs are just gently... They're, they're against his side. You're, you're you, you see, him. I was wondering, I think I sent you this question because I was wondering, what do I do with my arms in this exercise, you know? And so I thought, well, just use your, your hand, but you're saying use your ribs. Right, because what you're, what you're trying to do is create a feel that would be similar to a rider's leg. And when you're riding, you're not holding your legs out away from the horse's side. That would be exhausting for one mm-hmm. thing. Your leg drops down around the horse's side. So the horse is feeling you mm-hmm. around his barrel. So if you're yeah. just if you're sitting on a horse and you're sitting passively, your legs are going to be hanging down and yeah. they are going to be hanging. Inactive, but not squeezing Mm -hmm, so that he mm -hmm. feels as though he's got a corset on, but they're there. Mm -hmm. And then what we don't want is I don't want the rider who does have the death grip around the poor horse and the horse can't go forward because the rider is is so tight and and it has this sort of death grip with their legs because they're afraid. That's what we've Mm -hmm. been talking about. Mm -hmm. Nor do I want the constant on. Cue yeah, where, yeah, yeah. where the rider is bump, 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 bumping the horse's side to get the horse to go forward. That's not what we want. So we want to have an activated cue, which is just a little more sort of like you, if you have, if you feel your arms right now, your arms are hanging by your side. And then you could just let your arms breathe into your, or, or, drop in a little closer to your ribs and then you let that relax out. That would be a nice starting cue. Mm-hmm. It would be a good starting cue where I, you just your leg is just a little bit more there against the horse's side. So if I'm walking next to the horse and my arm is up over the horse's withers and I just breathe out through my ribs. So my rib You visualize your rib cage expanding. Mm -hmm. And and as your rib cage expands, it doesn't expand just front to back. 
it also expands out to the side. So, That's even softer than a lean. Oh, yeah, because we're not mm. leaning. It's mm. not a lean. You want to be present next to your horse. So you're basically teaching on the ground. You're teaching your horse to stay attached to you, mm. which is a lovely concept. So that began you know, when I started to teach what I always referred to as Robin's magic hands, because Robin invented the game. And it looks like magic when you're done. So you're, And it's just a targeting game where you walk next to your horse and you put your hand out on his, his shoulder. And the idea is that you want your horse, it's body part targeting, you want your horse to bring his shoulder to your hand and then to keep his shoulder in contact with your hand. So okay. as you move forward, the horse moves to stay in contact with your hand. Mm -hmm. And then, so no matter where you walk, your horse stays in contact with your hand. It's not the easiest thing in the world to teach because basically what you're teaching is, you know, that's maybe the wrong way of saying it. It's not that it's hard to teach, but that you have to build your loops very systematically so that you and your horse learn how to dance together. And you don't have moments where you're turning and your horse isn't turning with you and you detach from one another. Mm -hmm. But what you're basically teaching is you're teaching the horse how to stay attached to you, to mm -hmm. adhere to you. So that when you do walk forward or stop and back up or turn, that the horse turns with you and keeps that tactile connection with you. Mm -hmm. Now, once the horse has got that concept of, oh, I stay attached to my person, that is a wonderful concept for a horse to take forward into riding. Oh, I stay attached to my person. Magnet, our senior horse, our Arabian, he was a phenomenal horse. And I remember riding him one day and any horse can be startled. And something really startled him. And he jumped sideways. Mm -hmm. And as he was jumping sort of in midair, he realized that I wasn't quite going with him. Mm. Scooted back, jumped back, really? and got underneath me. <laughs> and so then finished his sidestep. And then jumped <laughs> And then stopped himself. Because he's, mm. you know, because horses really can learn to this sort of spook in place, which is an amazing feel. You know, when you see how, you know, volatile horses can be. Mm -hmm. And and then you, you're on a horse that's really become educated to taking care of a rider and something startles them and you'll feel, you know, you'll feel them startle, but they don't go anywhere. And it's yeah, but you know, I, I, I really like, because when you say a horse that has learned to take care of his rider, I want to stop there for just a second because everybody wants that, right? Yeah, yeah. And I think this education is actually in the book. Yes. You know, I, you know, I have all these horrific things that come up on my Instagram feed. I don't know why, but all these horse spooking. I hate it, but it's, I don't know, for some reason, I always get them. And some horses can spook like half an arena length. Yeah. 
for a long time. <laughs> so when you get when you have these experiences where you're you're on horses that have learned how to, that that startle reaction begins, and they can immediately mm -hmm. turn it off and keep you safe. And this idea that the horse is learning the concept of staying attached to a person, which is what Robin's magic hands. And, and then this idea of, I'm gonna walk next to my horse and I'm going to teach a go forward cue from my ribs by just mm -hmm. breathing into my ribs and my horse goes forward. And then when I get under saddle and I let my legs have that same breathing feel and oh, my horse who's brand new to riding walks forward, click and treat. I mean, it's very fun and it's very awesome. doable. You can, you can visualize yourself doing it and the process teaches. This is one of those where I talk a lot about trust the process. It is the process itself that builds the skills. So on the ground, you're learning, I'm standing next to my horse. And then I, I, I visualize, I breathe out through my ribs and my horse who can feel a fly landing, can feel mm. me breathing mm. into his rib cage and he steps forward. And then I let that expansion of my ribs release I'm learning just an incredible skill that I'm going to carry forward into riding. You know, that that I'm learning how to work on a release. I'm so I'm not just getting on the horse and, and bang, 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 banging on his side to get him exactly. to go forward. And these steps are designed not just to get, you know, okay riding, but to get these just incredible feels like you you know you're up in the stratosphere riding magic carpet rides with mm. your horse yeah and it's safe that's right that's right we'll stop here for today we've been talking about how you go about teaching a go forward cue next time we'll start out by talking about how you teach woe those are good opposites to teach. If you're going to teach go, you better work on woe as well. So that's where we'll start out. And that's going to connect us not just to the beginning steps of riding, but to advanced performance training as well. Before I leave you, I want to talk a little bit more about modern horse training. Dominique isn't the only one who loves this book. I do as well. And I want to see it do really well not just for my own satisfaction, but because the whole time I was writing this book, I was seeing it as a great opportunity to make a statement about clicker training, especially clicker training in the horse training world. So let me tell you what I mean by that. And I'll begin by thanking all of you who have already bought the book. You turn modern horse training into an Amazon bestseller at the time that I'm recording this, it has been out for just a week, and it is Amazon's number one bestseller in horse showing and training books. And it's been consistently in the top four or five rankings in other categories related to horse training. So thank you. It is very neat to see the book achieve that kind of performance on Amazon. 
we have come a long way in the clicker training community. And this is something we can all be proud of. This kind of top ranking would not have happened with the first book, Clicker Training for Your Horse. Of course, Amazon didn't exist when Clicker Training for Your Horse uh, was first published. But if it had, we still would not have been able to achieve that kind of number one ranking. Not at that point in the introduction of clicker training into the horse world. There just simply would not have been enough clicker trainers around to push the sales into the top ranking. And now there are. And it's your support of this book that is doing that. So thank you. Because my goodness, what a statement that makes about clicker training. When people say that clicker training isn't well known, or there aren't a lot of clicker trainers out there, or clicker training isn't really serious training, it's just for people who want to teach a few tricks or to have a, a horse as a pet. Well, you can now point to modern horse training and say, what do you mean? This clicker training book consistently sits in the top rankings for all horse training books. That's making a statement. It's saying clicker training is a legitimate, effective training method. And more and more people are choosing it. That's a huge wow. So what can you do to help to keep the momentum going? First, buy the book. Buy it for yourself. Buy it for your friends. Buy it for your friends who have dogs and not, not horses. Because except for the section on riding, the rest of the book is very relevant to dog training. So keep sharing the book. It makes a great present. I'm encouraging you to buy the book through Amazon rather than through my website, simply because I want the Amazon algorithms to find the book. And the way that that happens is by having people use Amazon to buy the book. The second thing you can do to help, leave reviews. Leave a five-star rating and write a review. I know when I'm checking out a new product, I read reviews. So your good review definitely helps. You don't have to say very much. You can just say, you know, I loved it. Great book. Wonderful way to train a horse. Just a phrase or two will do. Or you can write a long review that really speaks from the heart about how clicker training has made a difference for you and your horses. They all help. And I appreciate it always when people take the time to leave a review. The third way you can help is to share the book through your networks. Talk about modern horse training on social media. This is where I really need your help because I'm not very active on social media. I'm just not good at it. For me, it's a huge black hole. And that's a problem in our modern world. I could have written the best training book ever but if nobody knows about it, it won't matter. So do please talk about modern horse training in your social networks. And if there's a conversation online or a podcast that you'd like me to be part of, just send me an email and I'd be delighted to join in. As you probably gathered from listening to this podcast, I love talking about clicker training. I want this new book to be like a tide that raises all boats. The more we join together in the clicker training community, the more we can help one another, which means that we're really helping horses. 
And the more people there are who understand and accept clicker training, the less others will have to hide what they're doing when they start exploring clicker training. They won't be getting the ridicule, the derision, the outright bullying that so many people report having experienced when they start to explore clicker training. That changes the more people there are who are actively clicker training. So your help is hugely appreciated. And it doesn't matter when you're listening to this podcast. You may be coming across it long after the original publication date of May 4th, 2023. The book will still benefit from your support. So keep talking about it, buying it, reviewing it. And together, we can change forever the way horses are trained. So next week, we're going to continue to talk about riding. And we're also going to talk about spring grass. So in the meantime, train well and have fun with your horses. Thank you.